Kia ora, hello, and welcome to Bod Almighty, the practical how-to podcast helping you feel better about your body, have a peaceful relationship with food, and go out into the world with confidence. Everywhere we turn these days, someone is telling us to love your body. But how? Well, by listening to this podcast is how. That's right. We are your hosts, Hannah Tunnicliffe and Michelle Sokolich. Without further ado, let's get started. We are very excited to have Emma Wright with us. So Emma's an internationally recognised expert in eating disorder prevention, parent training and public speaking. Having worked with hundreds of parents in her coaching practice and online programmes, Emma has proven that conventional parenting methods to prevent body image issues are flawed at best. And she offers a powerful new approach to those who are worried and frustrated. Welcome, Emma. So nice to have you with us. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so here for this conversation. Today, we're going to be talking about how to respond when your child says, I'm fat. And we're going to cover a few different things. We're going to talk about why it's so emotional for people to hear this. We're going to talk about some maybe not so great responses that that people give. And then we're going to talk a bit about furthering the conversation and where to from here. Really excited to dive into this. I've seen you talk before, Emma, and it was really quite a revelation for me. So, yeah, I can't wait to share this with everyone else. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle, for the beautiful introduction. And I'm just so delighted to be here having this conversation because I think it's a conversation that is so prevalent in, in households these days. Absolutely. Why don't we kick off by talking about why that statement can be so emotional for people? Great question. It, it's emotional because it comes at us from a couple of different places. I think there's the first place, which is if we have had an experience of not liking our body, we immediately go there and go, oh, I want to protect my child from that awful experience. And is this the start of it? And we have this kind of whole world there that we want to protect them from. But that's the more obvious reason, I think. And then underneath that is this kind of social understanding or, or cultural, uh, <laughs> this cultural pressure, if you like, that it's our job as mum to make sure our child doesn't get quote unquote too big. And if our child is saying this, we suddenly feel like, oh my goodness, I'm failing at my job as a parent. So it, it, it's come at this, it, it stirs up all these emotions for us. So it's the personal as well as the parental that gets mixed together to make it so emotional. And you mentioned there around getting too big. So there's a sense that the too bigness is associated with some kind of pain. Absolutely. There's two, there's kind of, there's the too bigness, like we're told from all sorts of different avenues that our child shouldn't get quote unquote too big as if we have some kind of ultimate authority or control over that which is a whole nother podcast in itself but but the idea that it's our role in that is is very close to our heart because we have probably internalized the idea that we don't want to get too big either absolutely and I think it can feel like you know 
let's be honest, it's not easy to exist in society in a larger body. So I think, it, you know, for some people it can feel like they can't think of anything worse. And so, like you say, when that when their child comes home, you want to protect them from that because it is hard. Absolutely. I love that you say that. And we see this played out in media, particularly kids' media, where the worst insult kids can come up with is you're fat. Kids are being shown that this is an awful insult and that it hurts. You know, that they can say that to someone and it really hurts. So our kids already know this. So we, we see this kind of start of this terrible journey or terrible experience for them that not only are they going to feel that their body isn't right, but, but somehow society isn't going to be nice to them either, which is very real. You know, it's not like, it's not like they're making up the idea that society is not nice to bigger people. That's very, very true. Every TV show they watch, every ad, they, everywhere they turn you know, they're being told that the people who are successful and happy are, you know, thin and white and, you know. That's right, that's right. They look a certain way. And we know this plays out in research. We we know that when kids are shown pictures of other kids their same age, and the only differentiating factor in those pictures is body size. So they're wearing the same kind of clothes. They look kind of similar but their body size is very different. As young as five, kids will say that they want to play with the thinner kids because the bigger kids are meaner and lazier. So there is already internalized at very young ages, this idea that it's not good to be bigger. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? And quite depressing that it's, it's from such an early age, those associations are being made. Do you think that kids of any size deal with this? Look, it's so important. This is such an important point, Michelle, because this I'm fat is absolutely universal. Like it's there. I mean, when I say universal, not every kid will say this. There, there are some kids who won't, but the kids who don't say it come from all shapes and sizes. And <laughs> The kids who do say it come from all shapes and sizes. There's not a sort of a set of, there's not a sort of a um, line on the size bell curve that a child is under that they don't say this. You know, it's really because ultimately it's not really about their size. It's about how they're feeling about their size which is a very different thing how they're feeling in their bodies no matter what the size is exactly what do you see underneath the statement i'm fat what are they bringing to you as a parent what are they really saying do you think that's a really good question and i think we have to differentiate here a little bit between ages we might have a younger child like a preschooler or someone in the early primary school years say mum i hate my fat tummy We've got to be careful here not to generalise too much because even at that young age, there are some kids who are having a really painful experience. And at this age, it's more common that kids are having an experience of either mirroring what they're hearing or testing out this idea and see how mum reacts. They're not going through this consciously, but, but, you know, 
So it, it could just be, at that age, it could just be a child just saying that and they're gonna get your response and then they're just gonna carry on. And it's not really anything other than that. And then as they get older, it's far more likely to be a painful experience that, and the pain is specifically related to, I don't fit in somehow. Somehow. It, it's a break in belonging, potentially. Like, I thought these were my friends and now I feel like they're not because I don't look right. That break in belonging can happen at any size and at any age. So you've got kind of slightly different ways kids might be saying this question and our job as parents it's really I think really helpful to, to have that distinction in our mind um, because we don't want if a kid is just mirroring what they've seen we don't necessarily have to respond to them in the same way as a, as a child who is really having a, a really painful experience. Yeah. Can we talk about, Emma, um, something that parents can do to consider why is it so awful when my child says I'm fat? So we've discussed an exercise that perhaps parents can consider so that they can think about their role and responsibility um, in this kind of journey, I guess. Yeah, that, that's such a good way to, to put it. Hannah, before I answer the question specifically, I think it's really what you, you, you just hinted at the idea of what is our role here. And I think this goes right to the heart of it because I think our response is often, you know, no, you're not, and we're going to get into that. But I think we mistake our role here when our child says something like that as we need to protect them from this world of pain. You know, somehow, it's our job to go, I don't want you hurting, which is very, you know, we're parents. Of course, we don't want our children hurting, but we step into that very quickly. I'm going to protect you from this pain. And then we deprive them of the, the experience of yeah. coming through Absolutely. something like that. Absolutely. And when we can see our role as not protecting them from this pain, but what you say, Michelle, as helping them deal with it, you know, we, we, we start to respond very, very differently. But in order to get to that place, as you say, Hannah, there's some really good questions we can ask ourselves about, you know, what is our role here? And, you know, like asking ourselves, why is it so awful when our kid says, I'm fat? You know, like personally, I'm asking you, the listener, why is it so awful? And write that down, get it out, see what what your internalized idea of fatness is mm, mm, interesting the other question is you know try finishing the sentence for yourself because as a parent it's my job to xyz you know what are you taking on as your role here and i think that's a really good place to start to be able to step into that role of how do i help them through this experience not how do i protect them from it Mm, I love that. So, okay, well, let's start talking about what, what we can say, what we should say. Yeah. Or, and is there anything we definitely shouldn't say here? There's kind of a top three that kind of don't work or, or, or just don't get us to where we really want to get with our kids. The top three all kind of 
condense into this idea of no you're not you know and that comes from the place of I'm, I want to protect you I want to tell you you're not fat so that you don't feel the pain so so this the top three are kind of like you know oh don't be silly you know you're not you're not fat don't be as if we're trying to tell them that it's really ridiculous that that they should be because if they saw what we saw they would never say that the, the second one is offering up the data. Well, 85% of 10-year-olds are uh, way da-da-da-da and you way da-da-da-da. So you can't possibly, you know, like trying to convince them out of it, right? So it's just another, it's just another avenue of you're not, right? And the third one that it's very easy to find ourselves in is the comparison. You know, like, oh my God, if you think you're fat, well, how, you know, how does that make me? Which is just another iteration of you're not. And none of those responses are appropriate, no matter what size your kid is, right? 100%. 100%, Michelle. Thank you for highlighting that because that's so important to remember here. This conversation is handled the same way whether your child is on the very small end of the size scale or the very large end of the size scale because you're not speaking to their size, you're speaking to the experience they're having internally. And the, the, reason, the reason these aren't great responses is that first of all, when you say you're not, the first thing you're doing is denying their experience. They are saying to you, I'm in pain here, and you're saying, no, you're not. And so, you put space between you and them and they are not going to listen to you saying no you're not they're just going to think well mum's got no freaking idea you know like she's in she's in delusional land so i won't open up to her that's the first place they go the second reason it's really not a great response is you're sending the message that actually being fat is a really bad thing to be because look at the emotional response from mum like you know whoa <laughs> okay <laughs> so even if she's right and I'm not I better not get there like that's something really bad to be avoided and we really don't want that for our kids and those feelings of pain about not fitting in are just going to be amplified so we're creating a break in the relationship between ourselves and our child because we're yes. saying to our child your feelings are invalid they're not true I also don't get you and I don't get it and I'm slightly delusional <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you're also impacting their sense their broader sense of what's okay what kinds of body sizes and shapes are okay or not yes 100% so you're kind of breaking that trust They've told you something really quite important. So listeners might be thinking, I have definitely said these things. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do you say to people who know that they've said these things? I think all of us have probably said some version of them and yes. they're feeling perhaps some guilt or a sense that they've done some damage. So first of all, I want to really reassure anyone who has said those things that there is so many things you can do from now on that send a very very different message and it's not like we get one chance with our child and that's it 
there, there goes the relationship. It's like, you know, it is a relationship. It's, it, it's always moving. There's always an opportunity to repair something that you feel you haven't done that well. And, and that's such a brilliant way to demonstrate how to your child that this is a tricky subject that we, no one has completely sorted, right? And that you've made a mistake and that you're here to, to try again. And that's, you know, demonstrating that to our children is just beautiful. It's such a good learning experience for them. Is it best to wait until they bring it up again or to go to them and say, hey, remember when you said... So it's absolutely um, something you can bring up in the interim. You can bring it up and you can say, hey, you know, you, know you told me um, about how you felt fat. I handled that really, really badly. And I'd like to offer you a different viewpoint. And then if they're open to it, go ahead. If they're not open to it, leave it and come back to it another time. And you can come back to this 10 times because you might need to reestablish that trust around this area, but do not, do not despair if it takes, and when I say 10 times, you know, do not despair if it does take a few times to have this conversation. It's not about you get in once and do it and you're done. And something that you'd mentioned around uh, something practical that parents could do that might not be relating to this particular conversation, but just in terms of creating a family culture around values and what's important and taking perhaps some of the heat out of this pressure or focus on aesthetics. What can people do within their own families to perhaps shift this focus on aesthetics and how we look? Mm. Great question. And I have got a really, really simple tool that all parents can use starting right now. <laughs> and it's, it's thinking about the way you greet and the way you compliment both your kids and the adults in your life. So we talked very briefly about the messages that kids already see in media at the start of this of this conversation and one thing we can do to intercept that to bring your children back to their internal value who they are inside is to think about how do I compliment them from who they are as a person rather than how they look because when you think about our society the first thing we often say to each other is oh you look great today or your hair looks great today or that outfit looks fabulous on you those ones are kind of banal and then there's this you know the icky ones like have you lost weight or you're looking that that outfit's really slimming on you or you know where you're actually mentioning someone's body size as a compliment um sends the message very quickly that size is really important because it's the first thing we're saying to each other when we see each other and even, and I go as far as saying, can we step out of even complimenting people's looks the first time when we see each other, and particularly children, but even even children hearing adults say this to each other. So, yeah. It's yeah. very important, so, isn't it? And it's so hard. And I've, I mean, I catch myself doing it. It's just, I feel it's so ingrained, you know? Oh, do you know, I, I love that you say this, Michelle, because when I first decided to do this, you know, 
I honestly would meet someone and I'd be like, Stuck. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> Rabbit in the headlights. Because all I could hear is, you know, your hair looks great. You know, and I'm like, I have decided not to say these things and I had nothing else. So what I suggest is, is practice. Like actually sit in your car, make a complete tool of yourself and just say over and over again, it's so lovely to see you. Like that's all you need to do. Just have the one. It's so lovely to see you. So I've missed you. Seeing you makes my day. Imagine saying that to a child who's dressed up, looking adorable in a princess outfit. And instead of going, oh, you're so cute. You look so adorable. Say, oh, how lovely to see you. It just brightens my day. So they feel like who they are is important here in the relationship, not how they look. Yeah, exactly. That's not the most important thing. Yeah, God, I love that. So, so the tech, the idea is to just simply challenge yourself to replace looks-based greetings or compliments with yes. intrinsic mm. um, greetings and compliments. Yes, and practice it, and practice it. So let's talk about what you should say or could say in response to mum, dad, I'm fat. This is awesome because this is where the juice is, right? This is how we empower ourselves. So as I said, we need to consider really what age our child is and what they're actually saying to us. So if we're talking to a younger child who isn't having a particularly painful experience, they're just observing something or um, they're mirroring, you know, something they've heard, we can simply say something like, oh, that doesn't sound like it's a very nice thing to say to your body. Your body does amazing things for you. You could say that or you could say, um, tell me more about that, darling. I'm not sure that's a very nice experience to have. So what you're doing is you're, you're engaging in the experience, not the words that have come out of their mouth. So instead of engaging in the I'm fat, engage in what are they experiencing and then offer up the idea that you've heard them and that it sounds not not pleasant and you're there for them so you're and you're being curious right what yes what are you what are you saying or where have you heard that or or what, how yes. are you feeling because yes. tone you know situation um the what you know the way they've said it and when they've said it and how they've said it makes such a difference it could as you say yes. it could just be kind of observational yeah exactly the same as when your child's like you know ask you about you know what sex you know, you're going to give them a different answer if they've heard that in the playground at five yes. years old than you are at 12 or something. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and think about, like, if your child comes up and says to you, oh, I hate being so tall, it's not the emotional experience for us, right? You're like, oh, um, you're certainly not going to say, no, you're not. Because even if they're not tall, you kind of be like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> You know, where did that come from? You know, so you, so so it's curiosity, and you're very entitled to if this is triggering for you. And I get this; this can be very triggering and hard conversation. I'm not trying to gloss over that or suggest that 
you should now no longer be triggered by this. That, that's not what we're doing here. If this is really triggering and you need a moment, you very, you can give yourself a moment. You can say, oh, darling, I just, I want to come back to you. I just need to leave the room for a moment. That's not weird for children. That's not weird. They don't need to be answered immediately. You can go out, you can take a few deep breaths. You can go now. Okay, I'm not going to say you're not. <laughs> this is my trigger. This is my trigger. I'm not going to, you know, I don't need to put that on her. You can give yourself a day if you want. You can even say, look, honey, I'm, I can't talk to you about that right now, but we're going to talk about it tomorrow. Oh, such good advice. That's not, that's not, that's not weird for children. That's just, oh, okay. And then they'll go back to their Lego. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> but the fine. promise is there. You do have to come back to it, yes. right? The, there you go, Hannah. 100%. That's what you do need to do because that would be weird. And then we get to the really tough ones because it can be not only triggering for us, we're dealing with a child who's in, having a painful encounter. I want to tell everyone about this amazing woman, Michelle Icard. She has written a book called 14 Conversations to Have by 14. And she talks very amazingly about the teen brain and how important it is to know that in these conversations. She doesn't specifically talk about this conversation, but I want to use her, I want to tell you about her method because I think it's so powerful in this situation. So she talks about how the teen brain can only have very short conversations. And we don't want to turn this into an hour long chat that we might have with a girlfriend, that we as adults might have with a girlfriend or part or, or, or close friend about this we're not we're not chewing this into oblivion we're, we're having a quick conversation <laughs> so you want to think about this conversation lasting about two or three minutes like seriously and she talks about and this is what I love she talks about you mentioned this before Hannah curiosity you want to use this conversation to get into their brain not teach them anything so you want to get in there and you want to go relate to them. Wow, that sounds like an awful experience. Build some trust with them by sharing your experience, not teaching them anything, but saying something like, oh, I know how much that stings, you know, when you don't like something about your body. And if you're a parent who hasn't experienced what it's like to feel too fat, I'm sure there's something about your body that you could come up with and say, I don't know what it feels like to feel too fat, but oh my goodness, the grief I've given myself about my ears. And this is an amazing time to, to tell them that this is a universal experience, feeling bad about how we look. Like, no one gets out of this. Oh, that's great, because then they're not going to feel so alone. No, you really want to normalize this for them. So you want to be, I want people to remember that. Curiosity and normalize. When we start to go, no, you're not, they feel like, really, shouldn't I? What? Whoa, okay. This is really weird. I, I'm having this experience. Maybe I'm the only one. So what so, I'm hearing is there's curiosity, but there's also a quick connection. It's yes. saying... I hear that you are upset. I hear that you're feeling yep. frustrated or upset. I hear that you're feeling frustrated or upset, upset about this particular thing, like your body. It really hurts, eh? Because I know what it's like. And here's the other bit I really want listeners to remember. 
is this is where we say you can handle hard things. I see you and I can see that you have everything in you to deal with this. So this comes back to your role in solving their challenges compared to to you know this idea mm. that parents feel responsible for solving challenges mm. or re- remedying pain in kids' lives as opposed to supporting them Giving through them hard the things yes. and encouraging them to know that yes. they're able to cope, they're able to process and get through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're not going to get kids who don't have painful experiences. No one gets one of those. And the more we try and make sure our kids don't get have painful experiences, the harder they find it to deal with them because they're getting sent the message that, oh, mum doesn't think I can handle this because she's trying to solve it herself. And it's amazing mm. how just hearing that can give you the emotional fortitude to deal with something. You know, I'm thinking of for myself when I'm upset about something, you know, and I chat to my husband yeah. and he tries to go into problem solving mode sometimes. And I'm like, no, no, no. I just want you to hear me and, yeah. you know, understand yes. my experience. Yeah, that sometimes yes. that's enough. Sometimes it is, isn't it? And to have someone see you and go, you can handle this. And even if they're like, I roll, no, I can't. You don't know how bad it is. You know, they'll probably go there, but it doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. You know, they will have heard you say it. Then where I think Michelle Eichardt is so brilliant is she says to us, because of the way their brains are, like their, their, their frontal lobe has gone on holiday, right? Until they're probably 22, 23. So they're not processing emotion very well. And they need to have this conversation. She's like 10, 15 times. We're not talking twice or three times. We're like, have this. And here's how to have this conversation. Because I think this is really helpful. We want to bring it up in a way that we engage their skepticism. Now, what I mean by that is we want to be skeptical with them, not of them. So let me give you an example so that makes sense. So you might say something like, I I read today that 80% of 14-year-olds have been on a diet. You can say, does that ring true to you? Or do you reckon that's not happening in your school? And the conversation might be as quick as, oh, no, never thought about it. And then they walk off, fine, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Or my experience is when you genuinely ask them and they get that you're genuinely interested in their response, they love it you know they they're like they're like no I've never heard of anyone going you know like and you go oh well that article must be wrong Hmm, that's that's really interesting and then you can say well you know have you ever thought about going on a diet and they might be like no never and then once you've established that trust then you can be like wow you know that that headline really struck me because um i went on a diet when i was 14 and it was awful it was awful awful and you there's a lot of pressure to go on diets and you're going to have to make that decision for yourself at some point and I just wanted to bring, you know, a different opinion. And I hope you really do your research before you do that because it's not all as glamorous as it looks. Something like that. 
I love it. Yeah. I just want to thank you so much for this conversation. This has been so enlightening. There are so many great tips that we can take away from this discussion. Just looking at perhaps, you know, if we tried to finish the sentence because as a parent it's my job to dot 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 to really explore the responsibilities we think we have as a parent the role we think we have in solving our kids pain to think about the way we use compliments the way that we greet others and to think about social media as a conversation point to further this discussion around body image and body diversity Mm. so um if people want to find you emma you've got your website which is www.emmawright.co.nz and you're also available via email at emma at emmawright.co.nz oh amazing thank Thank you. you so much yeah, that was, there's so much in that um, that I need to go and digest and, yeah, <laughs> incredible information that you've shared with everyone. So thank you. We really appreciate your compassion and your support to parents going through this. Thank you so much for having me. It's just been fantastic to be here. Thank you. You have been listening to Bod Almighty, the podcast that gives you practical how-to steps towards body acceptance and confidence. You can find us on Instagram at Bod Almighty Podcast. Please do get in touch to let us know if you have any questions or suggestions. We love to hear from you. From both of us, thank you and goodbye.